0: Hello, everyone. and Welcome to the Polygon Alpha podcast, where the Polygon community gathers insights from today's leaders in decentralized finance, Web3, and crypto. I'm your host, Justin Havens, aka Crypto Texan. Let's get started. On today's episode of Polygon Alpha, we are joined by Mario, who's the founder of Revert Finance. Mario, thanks for being here with us today. How's everything going?
1: Pretty good, Justin. Thanks for having me. Excited. Excited. about some things we're going to be announcing soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited too. Yeah, there's been a little bit of turmoil in the market lately, but from what I can see on the Telegram chats and in the Discord and just, you know, in Slack and in the emails, just a lot of DeFi builders that want to keep building. So it doesn't phase a lot of the, well, it phases a lot of people, but I think a lot of people understand the importance of putting their heads down and continuing to build, but Besides all of that that's going on, let's talk about you, Mario. Uh, what's your background and how did you get into the crypto space? And then more specifically uh, to founding Revert.
1: Sure. So I'm a software engineer. Um, you know, I, I've worked, uh, I used to work before, before I um, joined the crypto industry, um, you know, building um, apps mostly at the time and different um, um you know, contracting for for different uh, software um, projects, but um, you know, at some point I, I read the, the Bitcoin white paper as you know most of us did, and, and it, after it, 17, you know, it, it was to exciting for me, and I think it, for for a pair of reasons, um, like first, of like the, the permissionless aspect of it, and and you know, it was just um, like like this um. Thinking of of uh, of, of Bitcoin and, and a Bitcoin node, sort of like you would run some other, you know, um, SMTP node and you can build on top of that. So, so that that was instantly exciting, and also coming from Mexico and just um, all sort of like realizing or at a very young age, realizing that um, you know most most of the people that are able to to actually save money here and would rather not not keep it in pesos, just out of the historic, you know, um, mismanagement. Of, of the currency, um, so so like that aspect of it also like made sense, though it, it seemed like um for like like a, I guess um for most of the time when we read it, just like um a very um unlikely to work experiment, um you know so I left it I, I um I started working on a, on on some different um projects using you know machine learning and 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 um was uh, uh eventually it, it got to a point that that um. After um, you know, after I think it was 2015, 2016, definitely after you know, Gox, and there was um still like a lot of um gloom in, the in like in the industry, but, but it seemed like um relatively stable, and um you know realized that, that in Mexico um uh, a couple of uh, of companies were you know starting um to build exchanges, and it seemed like a, a really interesting um you know project to to, to embark with. So, um, I basically, um, just, um, you know, like, uh, like just research. And one seemed clearly, um, you know, that was, was being built by builders, um, which seemed like something I, I, um, appreciated in a team. So basically convinced them to hire me. This is like 2016, the team was like extremely, extremely small at that point. It was, I think, um, the second engineer, um, hired and, um, and yeah, it was a great experience. I worked at, 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 at Bidstone from 2016 to 2018, which you know by that time it had become like the largest exchange probably in Latin America, and um, and the team you know, was um was quite um large for, for like uh, for like a startup I think we we're just like past five, 50 or something. Like that. And I left because you know there was too many opportunities. As right now it seemed like really exciting. Um, I founded a company to do traditional market-making, like C5 market-making, just realizing for that um, so like really requires a service. And um, yeah, I built that over a couple of years, sort of like at the same time between 2018 and 2020 when DeFi or, or like the, the like DeFi primitives we have now, we're really just starting out and talking about like Uniswap and Compound and, and you know, um Aave, um. Well, even, even like, um, before I it, but, um, but sort of like during that time, I was really focused on CFI, but just like keeping my eye, like working on CFI, just keep my eye out and, 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 DeFi seemed really, really exciting. And by 2020, I, um, you know, uh, decided to, um, really just focused on, on DeFi and, and started, um, you know, just diving in and exploring. It was a great time, of course, because like summer 2020. And just um, figuring out, you know, um, what interesting things um, could be built, and that's sort of like how I arrived at Robert, really, because, um, you know, I started lp myself in, in different pools, you know, this was peak farming era, and you'd have positions in, you know, any number of exchanges, and it was really hard to, to get proper track of if you were actually, or how much money you were actually making. And um, and sort of like uh, reverted evolved as a scratch on each type of thing where I had an Excel sheet that became you know I know you do update, so let's automate this and then um, you know became something that that um that really required a nice front end and could be productizable and uh, and did that and and you know and started um, you know getting excited about, about just thinking about. Um, you know how the DeFi in, in general and AMM particulars would evolve over the next years, and just getting more and more excited about you know focusing on building tools for for like LPs, you know, in, in, in AMM protocols, which is um, you know at some point in 2021 decided to to um, to raise a round, to do a, a small seed round, and by the end of um, last year we um, closed the round, and you know we spent this year. Um, buildings, building team, and and just shipping some products, and incredibly, um, you know, excited about um, about what we have ahead. Like realizing that, uh, like uh, the the next years we're gonna be probably very different than than what it was before. But we've all sort of like been around and, and seen this, so expect what's coming, and just kind of uh, yeah, excited also about uh, having the tranquility to just focus on ship stuff and and hoping like. The, insane um you know things that happen during the bull and during the crashes are
0: are um less right yeah that makes that makes sense and yeah so revert finance you know you're building on top of uniswap and not only Uniswap V2 but also Uniswap V3 as well. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Like what are the, some of the challenges that you have had to overcome when building on Uniswap version 3 specifically? Because I feel like like how long ago did Uniswap V3 come out? Like it's it's been a while and I feel like we're just recently I mean there's been some people building on Uniswap V3 I guess in the past, but it, it's taken a long time for a lot of builders to build on top of that composability. So just curious as to like, what, what are the challenges that devs face when building on top of version three?
1: Sure. So, so if I remember correctly, it launched like um, early 2021. Um, but um, yeah, so, so that, as like you're saying, definitely we lost a lot of composability, I think, um, uh, in, in, in that type of, um, in the new type of, um, of, of AMM design. Um, you know, I think I think trade- trade-offs are natural in in engineering, and, and it was like I think um, undoubtedly a, a, a good trade-off. I mean, um, I think with regards to just like the purpose of, of Uniswap is you know providing liquidity um, for swaps, um, you know, and I think um, this this definitely um, you know minimize the amount of liquidity, and and, and you know we can process a lot more volumes. So that's definitely a good trade-off. But yeah, I can that the interface of having you know, ERC20s represent um, a pool and where they, they're all buying the same was definitely much more easier to... Um, I wouldn't say, like, partic- like it was... Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily with regards to, like, analytics and tracking performance of, of like, individual um, accounts, but definitely with regards to, like, building, you know, protocols that somehow use um, LP tokens. Um, but but you know I think um, it, it also comes with with a lot more expressibility for for LPs, uh, which after you know spending this year talking to to quite a lot of them, I think it's something um, I mean at least the ones that used to definitely appreciate, and, and you know it makes sense. I think um, like the the song, um, a lot of them um, I think what took and, and it's I think it's. I feel like the, the industry is all like coming around on, on that idea. But I think when originally Uniswap v 3 launched, like just out of the gate, like the the take by most people was, this is going to become, you know, like uh, traditional market making on or order books in the sense that um, you're going to require some type of automated system that's constantly adjusting um, your ranges. And, you, you know, of course, that, that um, will turn into a game that's controlled by... um by a few parties um, who are you know expert in this type of system, which I think is a very incorrect take, um, just by a misunderstanding of um, of the advantage you would even have if you if you would do that. Um, which you know there may be some in, in, in certain price scenarios, but um, but but most likely not. Um, like if you were to like try to maximize fees and people of course have done this. Um, a lot of times in a very tight range and then updating constantly and you're just gonna crystallize in permanent loss. Um so so that doesn't I think um it isn't a good strategy. And and like the the idea that um passive LPs that sometimes people use this term to refer to like well normal retail LPs who are not automated because I, I know like passive could mean that you're not taking action. I don't know. Like definitely when you initiate a position, you're like selecting a range which implies you have like um, some market opinion and definitely um, probably affect a pool, which probably implies you have some opinion as well in the like, volume you expect to get from this um, pool. So that's already like not um, just passive. Um, and, and also like just, you can just look at, at how um, long these positions live and most are, you know, um, adjusted and updated, um, uh, you know, in days or sometimes months. Uh, and, and sometimes, uh, like like uh, a multi positions do, do exist, but like there, there's all sort of um, of um, LPs and really like um, there's a. If I had to like um, sort of like think of a persona that would um, exemplify who are the people that, that are helping or at least helping and using reverse as a tool, it's people who are um, you know usually have uh, a lot of experience in DeFi. Um, they are. Uh, Pretty much, I would say, um, you know, a trader profile, uh, like, like, um, people who also have, um, strategies going on, on, but on some sort of, um, of, um, either, um, you, you know, you know, like, like, by taking positions in, in, in futures markets or, 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 different, um, or just, you know, um, trying to, to time whatever, you know, spot trades they do, um, and, you know, analyzing charts, that type of thing. Um, that's um, that, that's that's um, some sort of like the user persona. So I think just to summarize, I think what what Uniswap b 3 sort of like solves really in, in a great way is just abstracting a way like just um, you normally in order would have like people who want to trade on both sides, but you know they're they don't you're not able they don't able to match in time, so you need micromakers to sort of like fill in the gaps, right? And like the Uniswap b 3 you know model allows for um this traders or, or this type of traders to actually require less of like um, to spread both sides of um even if it's buyer state or sell um, to just to, to to participate on both sides by taking you know their market positions and then um and then you have um like the, the professional arbiters that are just um you know keeping the price in range and are rebalancing um and you know providing fees for the LPs. Mm.
0: I guess like the, the next question I want to ask is, you know, what is revert finance and what does that do? Like what what service are you providing on top of the Uniswap, uh, I guess, tech stack?
1: Like broadly, I, I would say we're building tools focused on LPs and AMM markets um, right now. And for the past month, we've been definitely focused on building on top of Uniswap. So just very, you know, precisely where those tools um, are right now. I think the, the most useful ones um, that we have on, on, on the app is um, something um, we call the initiator, which lets users add liquidity, like initiate a position on units of b right? But, um, you know, it helps you by contextualizing some data um, to make the required decisions, like what pool you want to choose and then what range you want to choose. It helps you, um, you know, it sees like the, it shows you the historic, you know, um, fees and volume for the pools, and, and, and it also um, lets you, um, you know, compare um, the returns of different pools, and it's sort of like those are, those are a very simple back test giving you selected range and, you know, the price uh, and volume, um, you know, um, that was recorded over the last, you know, whatever period you select. So that's, um, you know, that, that sort of helps you, like, get, get a, a sense like a, a, of how, like, selecting different ranges and how different pools would have um, would have affected your, your performance, and I think that's that's very helpful when you're um, initiating those positions, right? Like the the next step is tracking your performance, right? And um, you know, as we've talked to different users, we were like, not everyone you know tracks benchmarks or performance against against you know holding both assets or whatever assets you deposited, right? Which is where um, the is loss or a permanent permanent loss or you know whatever um, term we have for it this week um, is. Um, it comes into play. Um, a lot of people, for example, choose one, uh, you know, um, um, like uh, benchmark the, the value of the position against ETH, and then um, and then really don't, don't care so much about um, uh, if if um, they lose appreciation on the other token. So we like help you track the performance of, of your positions, and essentially you um, and to make it very easy to like uh, manage those positions. So like exit um, if, when you want to exit, collect the fees you know, add more liquidity if required. And you know, at this point the idea is you're tracking your positions in a semi you know regular basis and sort of like updating based on whatever um, you know um you had when, when starting them. And this is where the anti-compounder uh, comes into play because um you know also I talking to users we, we realize that they just um a lot of them um really wanna compound the fees back into the position and that usually requires you know two or three different um, transactions. And, uh, and we just, um, help you, um, automate that by having a simple protocol where like workers, um, are in charge of that for a, like a small, um, percentage of the, of the compounded fees. And, you know, finally we have the section where you can just like browse the open positions on, on Uniswap B3 on, on, you know, on the four current, um, chains that, that's operating and, you know, filter them by whatever criteria you think is possible so that, you know, helps um helps you find interesting pools. Just like figure out what other people are doing in some pool you might be interested in, and yeah, just like a, a convenient way to have like an overview what's happening on on Uniswap.
0: So does Revert manage the bands, like the the price bands for LPs within Uniswap V3?
1: No, no. So we're not like 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 we manage manages that. Has like a specific strategy where you um deposit so. We're de- definitely we're totally um, focused at, at LPs that wanna manage their own positions and decide on their own ranges and decide when to enter and exit, uh, and those are like I think um, yeah what the, the, the like the the type of user I was mentioning were, um, they're they're all very you know trader like focused and and yeah the the tools we're building really thinking of of this type of um, user we've been talking to.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. But the auto compounder sounds very interesting as well. And, you know, I guess like if I were to LP a position in Uniswap, why should I use the auto comp- compounder if I can just do it manually?
1: So doing it manually, you could do it, um, you know, like collecting the fees and then, you know, swapping if required and then depositing it in, in, into, the, into the position, um, which would involve a few transactions. You can do that with with the like depositing your position in the transfer in your position into the auto compounder contract um manually by just clicking one button and it does like all those things and it doesn't charge any fees, right? So so I think that's um if if people like want to do it manually and don't pay two percent, I think this is like a convenient way to do it, like and probably cheaper in the sense that it'll just be one, one transaction, you know, depending how um, relevant the gas costs are on that chain. Um but like the the function of auto compounding, where like there, there's like like there, there's this very simple protocol where other um, you know workers anyone really can um, basically take any of the uncollected fees of, of one of these positions, and, you know do whatever swap is required to put it back into the position, um like the to, to deposit like the collector fees back into the position, and then they can take one percent of like what was deposited. As a fee because they they pay the gas and they do all, all this work and then one percent goes to the protocol so two percent of the collected fees um, you know go to the protocol in, in total and you have this automation and the automation is nice not just because because maybe um you know it'll do it more frequently than you would be able to do it manually um, but but also because um, you know the, the way that system is set up it'll automati- optimize automatically for example for low gas cost right. Because this um, workers are paying um, the gas cost, and you know they'll do it when the gas cost is lower than like the one percent they're getting for fees. That automatically means that, like for example, in Mainnet, if you have like the whatever weekends where the gas is low at three a.m., um, you're probably going to get a comp out. You know at those moments. So it's sort of like um, it, it, it's um, it's optimizing in, in, in a lot of ways that manually would just be um, very hard to do.
0: Yeah. And are are there modifiable parameters to the compounder of, you know, could I as an LP or who's using revert decide uh, like the frequency of the compounding or what are some are are there any modifiable parameters, I guess, to the compounder?
1: Yeah, um, no modifiable parameters for for the users um, with regards to like just start compound or stop the compound and it'll just be the 2%. And you know it's um, it's in the because you're always paying two percent you know of uh, of whatever is compounded. Um, you're, you're like as an LP, your interest is that the, the compound is fa- happening as frequently as possible um, because you're paying what two percent, whatever happens, right? And uh, and uh, and for the like the, the for the way that the compounders are incentivized to compound your like the compounders I mean, for the workers are incentivized to like execute this and pay for the gas cuts it's just because they're getting um you know this one percent back and if they don't do it um some other um you know bot will will win that, will win them to it. Um so sort that's like the how, how that you know um works. But yeah, like there's no there's no option. We we like try to keep it pretty simple, start the compound, stop out the compound. There's multiple parameters to the contract, we apply it to like the how the contract is managed with regards to the fees um we're charging, right? So like there's a multi, um, there's a time loop with a multi-sig, and right now the, the fees are 2%. They could add like 1% to the protocol, 1% to the compounder, and they could potentially be modified down, never up, um, just out of security, you know? Um, but um, but yeah, that, that's it. Um, it it's, uh, it's a quite, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, focused and simple contract.
0: Okay, and uh, I'm also wondering, you know, who else is doing something like this in the space? Like does, like, who are the competitors to revert? And how does revert differentiate itself from any competitors?
1: It's interesting, there's, um, there's uh, people who good stuff with regards to analytics and in, in Uniswap B3, like, um, you know, there's, there's simulators um, that allow you to like, um, get an idea for a range of how Deep environmental loss might, might might work. There's um there's other um uh there's at least one more cool product that, that is um doing sort of like analytics for for LPs. Um I think there's people building on top of Uniswap b 3 doing things like um liquidity management. Um I don't know. I think really the like what we're like what we're built and what we're like building so far puts us not exactly in any of those categories. it's just, like we definitely like tools for LPs analytics are a huge part of it. We're also, you know, that involves, I think, um, making things convenient. And that's when we go to like on chain stuff. So we have already this compounder protocol. Um, we're working on other forms of automation that, that I think will be very useful to LPs. So I don't know. I think, um, I think, um, there's, it's it's too early. Um, we'll see how things shake out and and if, 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 um, I, I think, um, if anything works out, we're definitely going to have very clear competitors, um, but right now I think it's just a bunch of, um, different projects building on top of uni with sort of like some coincidences, the same vision and some differences. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't say exactly who, who they are, I'm really not sure.
0: Okay. Okay. And, uh, let's talk about the liquidity mining program with Polygon. This is exciting. Um, there is a liquidity mining program with Polygon coming soon. This will be released about a week after we're recording. And so maybe a, a week after that, we'll be ready for the liquidity mining program. But let's go ahead and just share. Can you share a little bit of uh, the details about how all of this is going to work?
1: So originally, you know, um, with great expectations from from like the industry, I think Uniswap um, launched a... Uh, uh, a staker for um, for liquidity mining on uniswap b3, right? Because Uniswap B2 of course had become such a success with, with regards to liquidity mining and this was a contract written but by, by, by people not at Uniswap, but you know it became sort of like an industry you know standard and everyone used this thing. Um, and of course that like that same mechanism doesn't doesn't work on Uniswap B3 because of the differences in design, right? So Uniswap um you know launched this contract which is really fantastic in in in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, especially compared to like what was previously one of the more obvious ways is that you know with with previous like b2 or the current you know b2 design mining things um like mining liquidity mining programs so any of this new you know liquidity mining forks creates a new contract and deploys it and you know the game back in 2020 was well, like figure out are, are they did they change any of the contract in a way that's dangerous you know so um, that, that's obviously not, not ideal with regards to user safety. Um, you know, the Uniswap B3 Staker is fantastic, and it's one canonical contract. Anyone can permissionlessly create an incentive program in it, but you know, having that um, piece of contract be safe and audited, and be the same for whatever you know, incentive program, I think it, it's, it's really a great leap forward with regards to, to, to security in, in the liquidity mining you know, space. And, you know, so it it was very exciting when they launched it. And Ribbon um, was the first to try it out in a a massive way with with some real, you know, money um, in a a program that lasted over a month. And, you know, what happened was, well, liquidity was definitely mined. Um, Like, it was a huge success with regards to having, like, a lot of liquidity very concentrated around the current price in the sense that, you know, um, um, they would maximize basically the fees they would get. Normally that would result in you also having a lot of impermanent loss, but because they were getting, like because the rewards were directly tied to the fees as well, you've thrown the rewards over the fees and then the impermanent loss doesn't matter. And so in the end, what happened was like, I think 10 accounts, um, basically, took like eighty percent of the, of, or like I, I don't have like the exact numbers, but like you get the idea of the of the rewards, you know, and dumped it. And like the strategy was basically just be around the current tick, and 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 out of any fashion when the price moves, um, you know, just go to the new tick, like dump the rewards. And of course, that's like not what used to happen with farming, which felt you know very democratic. Anyone could you know just have to share the same risk, with like user tokens and, you know, be in risk of uh, whatever rock pool that, um, you know, it, 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 it wasn't like uh, exploitable by, by very small, like, and automated players. Um, so, you know, um, the Polygon DeFi team, you know, wanting to incentivize liquidity in Uniswap b 3 we have been chatting and they sort of like, um, they, they told us basically, you know, that they really want to incentivize liquidity they want to do it in a way that you know is directly to uh, incentivize direct um, LPs directly, but they were you know aware of what happened with the stake here last time, and you know what ideas could we you know come up with to sort of like address this issue, and and you know and and, and I think um, Joe from, from the Polygon team um, um like uh, mentioned like maybe there's something we can do with staking, and you know we started researching and eventually found out that. Um, Murray Salem, who is, you know, one of the, like, original, you know, um, Uniswap B3, um, you know, writers, um, that had proposed, um, this idea of modifying the staker to have some minimum besting periods. So you wouldn't have this exploit where, like, people, like, like, just, like, are very, um, tied around the specific, um, tick. And then, you know, when I, they go out of range very quickly, they just, um, rebalance. Um, so um yeah, we implemented this idea. I was reformed the liter cycle, implemented this idea. You know, um the Polygon team liked it. They paid for uh, as part of like um um of, of like um the as part of like a, an, a program, I forget the name, I'm sorry. Um they um they uh like uh paid for, for like uh, for a peck shield um audit from the contract. Um, you know, and and we like publishes like a, a monto explaining what, what the idea was and, you know, had some feedback from, from people who are excited as well about how is going to turn out. And we're going to see, um, you know, next week. I don't think I can announce exactly, you know, what pulls and what amounts, but basically the idea is we're going to try this um, this V3 staker with the vesting period, you know, on Polygon. And I think um, I think uh, we're very excited. I think it's going to bring back liquidity mining to Uniswap V3 in a way that it's really um you know sustainable, accessible to most users and, and that um that, that works for for um, for the projects that wanna you know this is do this incentives.
0: Yeah it's really exciting it's it's definitely something that we're very excited about. And I want to talk a little bit more about the UniSwap V3 staker. Um, more specifically is and you touched on this a little bit, but why do you feel like the original V3 staker was not used as much as expected. Like I said, I think you touched on that a little bit. But then also, why did you decide to fork the sticker?
1: I think that the reason why it wasn't used was because you know after what happened, Reebok, other you know DAOs organizations didn't want to have the same you know thing happen to them. Like the users didn't end up being uh, happy. Like most of like the, the users in the community. Because you know, even though they provide liquidity in you know in a normal way, um, they got a very small percentage of the rewards. Um, the, they were happy about the price action. I mean, we can't be sure what happened, but but like definitely having like all these rewards go to some automated stretch that are automatically dumping the token is probably not going to be you know good for price. Um, so like it, it, like both those things, like the fact that it was. And it wasn't really distributed widely, but could be exploited, captured by a very small players doing a specific strategy. And that those players were probably going to be mercenary and not part of the community is, I think, why um, a lot of um, a lot of projects um, are hesitant to use it. And and then, so why we decided to fork it? Like the research, so, so we were thinking of how can we, you know, like um, prevent this type of strategy where um, where users can just like really um concentrated liquidity in a way that wouldn't make sense uh absent the, the rewards. Um and yeah, but but in the next day given the rewards how can we prevent this and, and, and yeah uh, like reading um Moody idea of, of, of like having a, a basic read make total sense and and given how um you know the, the Uniswap pool contracts are, are reading we, we, we could um we could um uh you know relatively easily do that good at fork uh, with, with not not that much of a, Uh, of like like change requires to the contract. And yeah, and we'll we'll see how it plays out. I mean, we have like a pull request in Uniswap, and who knows, like if, I think um, ideally if if this, um, like after this, uh, you know, liquidity mining on Podium proves that that is like a better model to incentivize liquidity, it uh, could get merged, Um, I I don't know. But I think, um, I think definitely like, um there's a huge opportunity and only liquidity mining to Uniswap v 3 that hasn't, you know, that hasn't really taken off. And I think it's because we could um tweak how this staker um um contract work. And I think um yeah, that this is this is an interesting way to do it.
0: Yeah, that would be really interesting if reverts pull request to the Uni V3 staker did get merged. Uh that that would be pretty fascinating, I think. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about security a little bit as well. Uh, you know, it has been audited, but what other, like, what are the risks that users should keep in mind when they are using Revert?
1: Specifically with regards to, um, so, so like there's, a, at this moment, we're like talking of two different, you know, contracts. And I think at any point where there's, you know, a smart contract that you got to assume there's smart contract risk, right? So, so we have this compounder contract, and at that point, if people activate auto compounding, their NFT token is you know transferred to this contract. And this contract, you know, um has no way of um, you know removing liquidity, like on the recurring of liquidity, like beyond you know, um it's 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 obviously designed in a way that, that's secure and it's a very simple contract and it's audited, but there's there's risk there for sure. Um as there isn't any contract I think. With regards to the staker, I think um I think uh like uh it, it's it's pretty similar, like in the sense that you're sending your um, NFT positions to one um, contract and, you know, the contract's obviously limited with regards to what can happen to that position. But, you know, there, there's some smart contractors, it's really like the same the same type of um, risk, I, I would think. Um, yeah, both, both have been audited. I think um, what makes perhaps the B3 state curves, uh, seem safer, and I think logically it's safer, is that it's been used by Uniswap for longer. Um, um, you know, for other projects for longer, and there's some, you know, we need to ask that. Of course, our fork, um, you might argue changes, it's not the same contract, but I think our, our, um, our change is only, you know, in a way that, that um, in a part of the code that wouldn't affect, like, you know, any type of risk for, for the actual positions. Um, it's just how the rewards are distributed, right? Um, in general, I think users are rightly concerned about using a different interface. Like, Robert is an interface for, you know, right now, Uniswap, and, you know, the Uniswap bitris- like the, the contracts, including the Bitrix staker and the fork of the staker. And, you know, it's eventually going to be an interface for other AMM protocols as well. And I think there's an understandable... Um, or people should be um, uh, very um, diligent about using frontends. Um, because that's a uh, potential vector of attack. So I think, um, you know, the, 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 um, the really thing, the, the only thing that, that sort of like uh, gives users confidence uh, is if you like have, a, you know, a long track record of, of um, doing things, you know, diligently and correctly and just security minded and not, not putting your users at risk. And I think, um, you know, we started out and very focused on that. But I think um, over, over the years, um, we'll hopefully build a reputation in that area. Um but yeah, I think those basically those are the, the risks. Like uh if you if you just visit Roberta and just visit the position, like there's absolutely no risk. If you um you know um use uh one of the smart contracts, or some smart contract risks, um and if you just um use it as an, inter- as an interface for interacting with unisap, as long as you know there's some front end risks, like you know like front end getting hacked and so forth. And and what I would advise is for any interaction is people should really be, you know, um aware of like the final aspect of whether like signing their wallet. And you know, that's like a different topic of conversation but I'm sure like UX in wallets will uh improve over the next, you know, um months and years. So that, that things happens less
0: and less. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's helpful. Yeah. That makes sense. And how is the protocol managed? Well, first of all, I want to ask: like, are there any revenue drivers to revert? Like, how does revert the protocol make money? And if it does, are there if there are revenue drivers? Like, how is that treasury managed? Is there is there a DAO? There's no token, so just curious about how that works from an operational perspective.
1: Yeah. So the the revert compounder protocol. Uh, is um, revenue generating at the moment? Um, in the sense that it takes one percent of the of the compounded fees, and you know c- uh, keeps it in the contract. Um, in the, so that's sort of like a, the protocol treasury. Um, you know the, the protocol is currently owned and managed by the team. Um, it's it's like as I mentioned, a quite simple protocol. Um Going for like, and how we operate, well, as I said, so like, we raised, you know, capital, um, late last year, and, and we, like, are really not, not using that, that revenue coming in for a protocol. Um, but going forward, I think that's sort of like in line what we see as, as how we will, um, sort of like, uh, have a business model. Um, we definitely don't want to have, like, have it be a sort of like a SaaS type of thing or, or, or put any type of paywall. I think it's, very useful to have, you know, an open and transparent, um, you know, um, like, um, a neutral record of, of AMMs and, and, and how they're performing and that's what we want to build and definitely want to keep it open. So I think, um, yeah, like the thing we will do for, for, for revenue will be similar to what the compound is doing, just like, um, automate and, and, and make, um, you know, convenient, you know, functions that, um, that, um, that, that, that help our users and, and, and charge some, some, some of the, is, is the idea. And, you know, uh, at, at that point, it's, it's not really a protocol. I think, um, uh, I think there's, there's, um, there's things we, we, we definitely want to build that would be more in line with, with sort of like a, a, a traditional and um, protocol that would require, you know, governance. Um, but what we have now is really not, not that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I think there's something you, you touched on earlier where you were saying that, I don't know, would, would you say that you would push back on the notion that Uniswap V3 is more for professional traders? Or um, do you feel like that retail can also get involved? I don't know. I just feel like I feel like Uniswap V3 is almost targeted towards more like professional liquidity providers and market makers because you have to manage that position. So I don't know like is there like is there a way to give edge to retail users do you feel like revert does that in a sense with the compounder uh just want to get your thoughts on that in general
1: yeah i think i think definitely um i think so i think so like what i would push back is is in, in like first like um uh, in, in, in in like I, I don't know, a lot of people think this that you have to like uh, like um if you want to be it like you, you want to like automatically rebalance or somehow like actively manage your position. So for example, there, there's a, I'll, I'll give you like a, an example of something that you might like a, like, like a mentality of some LP might be, say you think, um, you know, you have your whole ETH and BTC and you think, you know, it'll, it's going to be oscillating between 0.7 and 0.12 for the next year. If it goes above um, of 0.12, you'd rather, you know, Take profits and, and be in, in BTC. And if it goes below 0.7, you'd rather you know, um just just buy ETH because you think at that point it will be undervalued, right? But you generally think it'll it'll trend in, in, that, in that in those um in, in that range. So so you'd open a position and and you'd get some fees, it's automatically managed for you in the sense that like if those things happens, if it goes out point 0.12, like if it goes towards 0.12, you'll start taking profits at at 0.12 So like my point is, you can think of of um, of health not not just a game of um, of do, do the do the fees beat the impairment loss. I don't, I don't think a lot of people are, are playing exclusively um, that game. And you know, this like I remember when Binance launched, they were very um, trying to drag this message home, right? Like it's you can think of it like a portfolio rebalancer, and you have like six assets, and it will rebalance them for you. And you're not concerned impairment loss at that point. Like it's about having the rebalance, right? So that there's those, um, and I think definitely that's that's like some strategy that wasn't available previously to retail that doesn't require any type of automation. You just have like have a, a market position. You think you know whatever range uh, is, is is what you want to you know take this position on, and then you just let it ride, and you can monitor it. Then you can you know at any point, you know, update your priors and exit the position. But, you know, generally that does, that wouldn't require that type of strategy, wouldn't require, you know, any kind of uh, automation. Um, but also you could, you will also have, like, doctor users who do the, like, do face beat the IL game. And that also, I don't think requires and um, re- updating your position constantly. It's really more about, on um, like, like having a, an idea of, of what like the price and the price and volume for, for like the asset and the pool specifically might be, and then just taking a bet on that. And it's use, and it, it's not like, a, it, it, it might be in a short time, like you might want to have that position for seven days, for example, but it doesn't require any type of automation, right? So, so we also see that. Um, and I think the idea of why, like the, the only reason why we would think like big players or, or like it will become like a very, you know, more in line with the ratio of market maker, um, um, you know, um, uh, like in the, the industry is that, um, well, first that people thought like, well, this is gonna make, um, you know, having to like um, update the rate just constantly and, you know, by like whatever, you know, market signal, this is advanced stuff and, you know, they're gonna win. And I, I just don't think that's a good strategy, otherwise they'd definitely um, be doing it and dominate I don't think they are. It's just, uh, you know, of course, depending on what the price, action is but just rebalancing constantly, as I mentioned is can be just it can leave you wrecked, um, whereas uh you you know in certain price areas where otherwise you would have like the the of or you know um, be um erased by, by a by a price reversion and um, and the other one was some something like size if there's enough size and this is because Uniswap v 3 launched in a high gas cost environment you know um like if you wanna also do the rebalances, you can't even do it yourself. Like, even if you wrote the bot and had, you know, the signals, it'll cost you too much to rebalance. Um, and, you know, both those things, I think, um, like first, the, the first strategy was not a good one. And the second aspect of like, the highest cost of constant rebalancing, well, in, in environments like Polygon, it's really not a non-issue, um, you know? So so I, I think um, th- this idea was was just like uh, a take, um, that uh, that widespread and still is but it's sort of, sort of like um, I think you know dissipating of like um, conf- conflating like um, uniswapitrile piece with like um, traditional market makers
0: I, I'm curious like what are what are some of the bigger positions or like uh, not positions sorry but like some of the bigger like pairs that the auto compounder is used. I, I would assume that you're not doing like long tail assets or very exotic pairs but more just like liquid pairings would be a, would be a, a more of a focus for the auto compounder.
1: Well, we see both definitely like the, the larger positions we've seen are like in, you know, USDC-Matic and, and you know, ETH-Matic, um, which you would expect. Um, but uh, but yeah, we, we definitely see long tail assets um, uh, like just, just because they're also like, um, I think, just fit, fit the profile of already, you know, the, the more um, hardcore reward users. Um, so, so yeah, we definitely see, um, long-term assets. Um, you know, we also see the, the, like the compounder is, is, um, you know, growing steadily, but when we have this, um, you know, big volatility, um, you know, we see people rearrange their the ranges and, and you know, like it, it is people sort of like, um, precisely not being passive and, and just, you know, like they similar to a trader, they took a position. And then you know something happened they decide great for their position or not, and they you know reassess and and, and, and rearrange but um but yeah um I think um we, we see like uh pretty much the the whole range of of pools from the very low liquidity ones um to 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 yeah like the large position definitely where you would expect them under your pools
0: And other protocols and like other teams they can they can also provide incentives to revert. As well, right?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Like, um, when, when we launched the stakeer, we put like a, um, you know a UI which real open source, in, which would allow yeah any any protocol to um, via this UI to add you know um, whatever tokens they want to uh, uh, give as incentive to set you know the parameters of how long they want um for the, the incentive period to large uh, to to, to, to um, how long how long they want the incentive period to be and how um you know what proportion of that do they want the vesting period to be right so so like they can say well we're going to uh, give this um uh like incentive program is now last you know 3 months but um, for it to be fully vested your procedure has to be in range um you know at least 3 weeks or, or, or whatever no those are like um, parameters um, but yeah it, it's pretty much uh, common common self serve and and at that point it's um uh, it's live on 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 the you know, staker so contract. It's live on, on the. It'll be live on that um, site where you know anyone can can see like the current running incentive programs. And likewise, they can go through work. We have like an all, our own our own like incentive staff where you see yeah any of those um, incentives programs created.
0: So that's uh that's the how the incentives are are calculated when staking in the V3. It's it's based on the amount of days that you're in range, or is it based on the amount of fees that are generated by your LP?
1: But so it's it's based on the fees that the are in, in proportion to like the fees that like other people in that pool are accruing, but um, there's a linear vesting period, so we have we don't have this attack we mentioned right. So like if your position, uh, like the vesting period was 28 days and your position was only because it was very tight and trying to get a lot of fees and and, and rewards was in range only um on, say you know. Six hours or twelve hours, then you know your, your proportional, um, you know vested rewards out of your, uh, what you've gotten would be you know like like one sixty or, or whatever it, it was. You know, and, and it's all your vesting, so, so, if your position you know stays in range for two weeks out of you know a four week vesting period, then you would get like half of you of what you've gotten. So it's It's like the point is to trying to incentivize um, you know wider range of liquidity that would otherwise be in the pool. And that, um, and this, um, you know, ideally more sticky and not, and as already, you know, perhaps, uh, or probably a a holder of of the, of the token in the pool and not, you know, some, um, you know, farmer who's like just trying to exploit the strategy temporarily and and really has no plans to, to to hold the token.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, Mario, uh, we're unfortunately kind of coming up on time here, but I just kind of wanted to get just a final word from you um, are there any questions or topics that you wanted to touch on specifically that maybe we we haven't had a chance to
1: so I think I think we've we recorded pretty pretty well I mean um, just um, yeah I, I, it, it's it's like I think the the liquidity um, the like the B3 staker is going to be incredibly exciting I'm hoping um, you know um, users um, um, check that out and, and you know hopefully we'll we'll um, we Will prove that um, that you know, like Uniswap, can can definitely be like a, a great way to the liquidity mining, and uh, and yeah, we'll have a uh, some sort of like um, resurgence of, of the days of old um, farming unit
0: The days of old, the the original farming days with Uni V two, those were those were good times. Yeah, I I am loving to see like the the innovations and. In, just the development of people building around the composability of uniswap v3 i think this has a lot of potential i love what revert is doing specifically obviously the polygon DeFi team loves what Revert is doing so yeah we're really excited about this pay attention everyone and stay tuned for the announcement of the liquidity mining program and yeah mario uh where can people go to find out more about you and revert
1: Definitely, Drewbert um, Finance. That's our, our URL, and, and on Twitter, we're Finance as well. And uh, and yeah, we'll we have a Discord that's linked there. And please, you know, drop me in, answer any questions. Happy, happy, happy to talk to you. And, and thanks for thanks for inviting me, Justin. This was this was fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Mario. It's al- it's always a pleasure. And for everyone who's watching on YouTube on Polygon TV, thank you for watching. And if you're just listening on Apple or Spotify. Thank you for listening. Oh, and Substack too. You could be listening on Substack because that's a thing. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again, Mario and Revert for joining us. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks everyone.